I like I loved Enchanted. And then yeah, I got back into it like once, you know, I had kids and stuff. So <laughs> For, forced my way back into it, which <laughs> I watched Frozen by myself because my kid was like six months old and didn't care. So <laughs> I can't believe it's already 10 years old. Like somebody had posted it on their like princess company that page. They're like, oh, congratulations, like Frozen, like whatever. And I was like, mm-hmm. how? Like time is time is so mysterious. Like no, it, it's not even November anymore. Like how is it going so one one more you will have a big frozen 10th anniversary show next year do some fun oh is it only nine is it nine years old uh, it's 10 next year okay yeah still crazy yeah november 27th 2013 so yeah we got uh, one year and then it'll be the big one oh which (laughs) uh fun inclusion idina menzel who is elsa is in enchanted so Bring it yeah. back. <laughs> and I, I had forgotten that she doesn't sing in the first movie. I didn't rewatch it like for this, but I, I watched it not super, probably like a year or so ago. And I've seen it multiple times. But I was like, man, they really missed. Was that intentional to not give Adina Menzel a song in the first movie? Like she was already a had to. Star. Yeah. She, well, she had already been in the movie Rent. She was, I don't remember her name, but she was in Rent. And she, I mean, she'd already been Alphabet. Maureen, yeah. The, the, the Tango Maureen. Yeah. We had a tango and the new disenchanted kind of. And I don't know if what if had come out yet, but I mean, she was obviously a singer and I didn't realize like, um, apparently Patrick Dempsey is a singer as well. Like in some capacity, that's what I mm-hmm. had heard. I mean, in the new movie he sings, but I was like reading about it and saying like, he's always been like, a, oh my God, I spilled jelly on the bed. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> I was eating a what? toaster strudel. I was eating a toaster so... strudel. Do you know how it like kind of like explodes out the end? Yeah. Oh Taking a page of the live action Aladdin school of comedy here. Uh, jokes <laughs> about jams. Um, oh, yeah. Let's see. Was he Dempsey? He looks like a Broadway kid. He's from. He's really big in the show that Ryan watches, um, Grey's Anatomy. He is the lead. um, He actually took. He took this. So he took Enchanted, um, Mm -hmm. because he was trying to get away from like such heavy stuff. He -hmm. wanted to be in something like kind of lighthearted that he could like take his kids to, and so that's why he took the job of Enchanted. He was also in. he voiced a character in Big Brother, not Big Brother, um, Brother Bear 2. I remember that. Okay. He had pulled him up. He's what called McDreamy or something. Yeah. I'm and not a Grey's Anatomy <laughs> person. I'm not, so. I'm not either, but I pulled up his IMBD and I was like, oh, he's been, he's voiced over a, one of the little animal characters. But another person was trying to do that. Um, who else? There was like another actor who was like, I want to be in movies that my kids can watch. And there's, and there's no telling. They're all like, they're all aging and becoming parents. So it's, it's hard to pick one. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm sure it's quite a few of them that would like, it's kind of an honor like to be, and this lineup in Disenchanted was like really, really good. Like, I mean, Enchanted too. I'm going to, I'm going to pull up the Enchanted wiki as we go through it. Cause I don't want to get confused between the two of them as we go. Yeah. I should uh, say this is the Thoughtcast on the original <laughs> 2007 Enchanted uh, and I'm Philip Elke. Thanks for joining us on the Thodcast, conversations about animation. And thank you, Bridget and Jody, for joining from the great state of Georgia. I'm up here in uh, Minnesota, northern Minnesota, where it's five degrees outside. So oh, really getting into the thick of winter. <laughs>
it is a it's a brisk 60 here um it's actually been pretty warm it's been in the 70s the last couple of days <laughs> weirdly enough i'm like nice. it, it's cold and then it's like oh do you want to wear shorts great no great. i, I want to fully emerge <laughs> immerse myself into christmas time and i can't i'm trying to find the brother bear credit um so that was maybe brother bear two. It was like the sequel. oh really okay. Well, <laughs> Which I didn't even know there was a brother bear two, but there is. Patrick, yeah. was it one of those? Was it an off brand, off brand sequel? Nope. Uh <laughs> I mean, it's uh, Disney, uh, you know, a proper that. Uh, yeah, but let's see, Kenai, who's yeah, he's the main character, Kenai. Um, wasn't that like John John Wick, uh, Keanu Reeves? Keanu Reeves? No, 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 it wasn't. I'm just thinking of Keanu because the name's similar, aren't I? Uh, but I. Kovu? No, that's Lion King too. Okay, who originally played uh, <laughs> Kenai? I'm just gonna, yeah, brother, brother bear. That's not one that I've necessarily had, you know, top of my mind as far as oh, Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Have you guys ever seen Can't Buy Me Love? I have from the late 80s. So that is the first movie I've ever seen with Patrick Dempsey in it. And he was a child. He was like, he was like 18. And he was a little baby. He was not cute Patrick Dempsey yet. He was little baby Patrick Dempsey. Um, but yeah, I was trying to remember the name of it because I was like, I know it's old because he's a teenager in it. Um, but yeah, you guys should watch it. It's cute. Recommend. Yeah, I I no, he was yeah on Grey's Anatomy for a long time, and not a ton of movie credits seemingly. But yeah, I uh, I'm trying to see if there are any specific Broadway credits I can find. I he did. I don't know that he's ever been on Broadway. Yeah, I thought he was mostly like movies and maybe shows, like or like TV shows. Yeah, just yeah. with a singing uh, career, but. Yeah, and he didn't sing in the in the first one. Not not very much, at least from what I remember. Mm -mm. It, he, he didn't have a big like singing part per se um james marston though i love him i actually like i had seen him in stuff and i know that he was like pretty like I mean, he was famous at the time but that like sent that like put him on the top for me because i was like oh my gosh he's so cute <laughs> oh this movie i love him in it and i love like how they're kind of like poking fun at the disney princes but like he does it so like charmingly and like innocently that like it's the perfect like like i don't know like i feel like enchanted one like this original movie like did such a good job like self-referencing do you know what i mean mm. like he he was just the perfect actor for that yeah well, and i love him and like funny stuff because i've seen him where he's like not a nice person and stuff and i'm like no i want like comedic sweet james marston <laughs> i don't want scary like killer james marston it doesn't fit it's weird it's very creepy of course, has uh, taken a, a major turn in the new Sonic films. Uh, definitely a, a boon to his career with the success of those. Um, not many. Well, he's in. Uh, he's in Dead to Me. I actually just finished that third season on Netflix. Wow. Okay. He's, he's in, actually uh... two characters. He plays twin brothers. Okay. Oh my gosh! I yeah. love that. I love yeah. that. Even since I was a little kid, watching. Um... Parent Trap, Parent Trap, yeah. How she plays her, like she plays her own twin. It always kind of blows my mind how they make movies like that. I'm like, how are they filming? I know they have a double, and they're like recording themselves, but it must be like you have to really think ahead how you're going to shoot these scenes. Yeah, to make it look like there's two people when there's really only one. Well, and that was in the '90s. 
That was like mm-hmm. way back. Like now, now I get how they can do it. Cause it's like, people can do it on TikTok. And I'm like, how, how you guys have a lot of time. I do not uh, to figure it out. But yeah, like in the nineties, I was convinced. I was like, oh my gosh, one it's of her is British. Cool. Yes. She has two people. I was convinced. I was a five-year-old and I was convinced. Sure. Uh, <laughs> I should get around to watching uh, the rest of Westworld. I think I've only seen the first season. I've been recommended that and I have not watched it. That's the same here. I've had a lot of people tell me that it, the, at least the first season was really, really good. Um, but I've never like sat down to actually watch it. Um, unfortunately, the last show like I kind of burned my time on was called White Lotus. And I don't even know why I watched it. But I, I'm happy to have like broken up and not broken up, but to have like broken up, like kind of like the senseless watching to watch Disenchanted. And it makes me <laughs> want to rewatch Enchanted again. Philip, did you like yeah. it? What did you think? I, yeah, I like I liked uh, both of them quite a bit. Um, the the second one had a few added bonuses that you know kind of upped the uh, you know the, I guess the enjoyment level. I mean, obviously they uh, realized what they had on their hands with the Idina Menzel casting, and so gave her a proper uh, number in the in the sequel. So that was appreciated. Stephen Schwartz, Alan Menken, so. Um, love that, <laughs> but in the original, or I mean, uh, I guess just overall, the original is very good. I know, I uh, Jody, did you hear uh, any of our more recent episodes? The previous show we did was um, Zootopia Plus, yes, I heard that one, Bridget. You and I were there's a running theme of uh, Taylor Swift woven throughout the last uh, episode. <laughs> I know. I, I, I don't know. The, um, Amy Adams in the original Enchanted kind of reminds me of Taylor Swift in a, in a way. I don't know if that's off base, but um, just I like. I kind of see that. I mean, yeah. she has like that kind of like wafy body and those big eyes. Um, I mean, she's a young, beautiful white girl. So they kind of. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but she was adorable in that one. And actually mm-hmm. one of my pet peeves and I love Amy Adams, but. I loved Enchanted so much. I really wanted there to be like a presence of her in the theme parks. I wanted there to be spinoffs. I wanted to be able to meet her as a character. But Amy Adams was very strict about her likeness. Yeah. And, uh, you know, basically using her in any type of (laughs) form to gain money for the Disney Corporation. And so they've never actually think they did like for one day they had a Giselle character in the parks uh, in one parade. And then yeah. that was cut out immediately. And there's really not a lot of merchandise or dolls or Barbies that came along with it. I'm not sure with this sequel if her contract has changed at all with any of that. But I remember like wishing, you know, working in the princess industry, I was wishing that Giselle would be more of a quote unquote Disney princess because I think kids huh. would love. I, yes. I would love to meet Giselle in the parks, but you cannot and you could never. It's bizarre. I mean, that they Disney would make that kind of deal with talent, but maybe back then it was a different story. Potentially, she maybe was one of the first ones to do that because I know they were having like, if I remember correctly, a Robin's a Robin Williams discussion at the time too, where Robin yeah. Williams had voiced the genie, and he really only made like a small portion. Considering, <laughs> yeah. he considering, insisted he on offering film, his services rather than being part of the commercial machine that was, you know, Disney at the time. He he was reluctant, yeah, to be a part of that. 
My guess is Amy Adams wanted to be sure that she was compensated for a character that she basically created. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So I'm yeah. not sure where all that goes, but I, I love her in this movie really from start to end. Yeah. There's nothing. I was thinking before we hopped on today, I was like, there's really nothing in this movie that I would change. I love the music. I love the words to the songs. I, like I said, I love all the like homages they pay throughout the movie. There's all of these little, especially if you're like Disney people can love this one because there's so many little Easter eggs and hints and nods mm-hmm. at everything from like the, the from their costuming to the the songs to the dance moves. I'm guessing Bridget mm-hmm. like feels the same, but th- that's yeah. <laughs> Keeps me liking this movie over and over again because I feel like I'm always spotting more, you know. When you know that there are three Disney princesses in this movie. I did not. Okay, so Jodie Benson is in it. She is the secretary for Patrick Dempsey's character. Okay, I did know Um, that. Yeah, so when she spits out the fish, that's with uh, the Little Mermaid. Um, (laughs) uh, And then... The pregnant neighbor is the actress who did Pocahontas's voice. Oh, trying wow. to find the, oh, here it is. Okay. And then uh, Paige O'Hara is Belle from Beauty and the Beast. She was a soap opera actress who appears briefly on a television. Oh. You know so what? You get, you get I, three of them in there. I had heard that one. I had heard that one as well, but I didn't know the thing about Pocahontas. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, she... Let me get her name. I, Irene Bedard. Judy Coon. Or Judy, Judy Coon. Coon. She she was the singing voice. She's the yeah. singing voice of Pocahontas. But yeah, she's the pregnant neighbor of Robert. So yeah. Nice. But what you were saying about the likeness um, and Amy Adams. So I'm surprised that they were like willing to do that because apparently they had to beg to get Amy Adams because <laughs> she wasn't like very known at the time. She wasn't very big yet. And so apparently he like, interviewed or not interviewed auditioned 250 different people and he was like super sick and he was like yeah I'm dying but she came in and like her audition was 45 minutes long and he was like she was so amazing that I was like I need to have her and so he was like I guess they were worried that it wouldn't do well if it didn't have a really big name as the princess but he was like no you can you can cast whoever else big name if you just give me her and of course, and she, she was amazing. She, I was going to say, yes. she makes the movie. Her, her facials, the way she holds herself, her emotions. I think she was a stronger Giselle in the first movie versus the second. But it must have been kind of further down the line because I've just pulled up merchandising here. And it says that there was even like Disney dolls at the 2007 Toy Fair featuring G- G- Giselle with packaging, like declaring her as a official Disney princess Mm -hmm. and then like Disney pulled it because they realized they'd have to pay lifelong rights to Amy Adams image so it must have been like a a real situation if they had gone to all the effort of making the doll creating it all these things having it here so I mean I wouldn't know all the details on that but but I absolutely love her um throughout the whole thing and I still find myself now like humming and singing her little songs though they're so catchy um which I didn't, I know we're not trying to compare the two, but I would definitely say that the music in this is really true, like Disney stick in your head forever type music. Oh yeah. I still like occasionally like turn it on because it's just fun. It's cute. And now I got my kids into it. So <laughs> you get to live it all over again. Exactly. I, this movie did really, really well. I pulled up the numbers and it said that the budget was around, I think like 
I don't know, 80 million, 85 million. And they brought in, um, in the box office, like $340 million. That's a lot. Like, I don't know. I feel like nowadays, like, I don't know. People don't seem to go to movies anymore. Like, I feel like that was a lot of money. Philip, I'm just surprised it took you so long to see this. Oh, I had zero interest in this type of thing when I was, you know, at the age I was when it came out. Um, it was just total, you know, Offering. princess. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. Not your style at the time. Not, not my demo. Yeah, as I like to say. Um, so, I mean, I didn't see Princess and the Frog two years later when that came out in theaters. I mean, I just I wasn't totally d detached from animation and Disney. Like I never gave up my enjoyment of these kinds of movies, uh, blockbuster animation, you know, despite being an ornery teenager. But um, certain things I would just dismiss. I dismissed as, you know, just not for me. Um, and and to an extent, you know, this is sort of like Disney's stab at, uh, you know, something like Shrek. It's a deconstruction. It's a, it's a satire of their uh, you know, usual fairy tale uh, tropes. So, yeah, it makes... Uh, sense that they would do something like this but also keep it pretty within their um standard yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. aesthetic yeah and then you know the, honestly like so you don't need to be too scathing in your takedown your your satire your deconstructions of mm -hmm. the disney fairy tale because they're they do a very thorough job i feel with their films uh from snow white all the way until i guess um as of 2007 their most recent princess film would have been mulan i think uh, the um as far as like the official disney princess canon goes and so like that these are all uh, pretty well fleshed out characters they're not nearly as um arch and uh broad as as this character Giselle in here although we've seen plenty of examples and perhaps other uh films other than like knockoffs of the Disney fairy tale with princess characters that are as seemingly vapid as Giselle is presented in this film at least from the start obviously she's she, you know she's a perfectly fine character as is expanded on you know she I kind of like the idea that she's this total naif and uh, we eventually find out in the sequel that, you know, the reason why she's out in this forested, um, you know, to raise, she's um, just in, in a cottage akin to, you know, Snow White or Sleeping Beauty, but only surrounded by animals. Because uh, I, I guess in this uh, kingdom of Andalasia, she's raised by talking animals and, she, and <laughs> that's why she's this picture of innocence that she is or whatever. So, yeah, not not a lot of work in fleshing out the mythology of Andalasia, which is fine. That's not what this movie is here to do. Uh, the original Enchanted. It does get expanded a little bit in the sequel, but it's it's more just designed to be. Uh, a premise for this kind of commentary on on the Disney princess musical 
Um, and then the juxtaposition of of this insane, idyllic uh, fairy tale environment with uh, with then the real world um, just chaos of a place like New York City. <laughs> so that that that's a pretty creative and ingenious concept in itself. And the animation at the beginning, like like juxtaposed with like the busyness, chaoticness of the city. Um, that first 10 minutes is really beautiful. I don't know if it was all hand-drawn, but I know for sure like Giselle herself was like a hand-drawn animated character. Yeah, and they wanted to be like really nostalgic. And like you said, she's kind of like a little bit like, like a like a hippie princess wood nymph. <laughs> innocent like girl out there just the, but, the, um, yeah the broadest pe possible pastiche of a disney princess exactly and <laughs> yeah, just living her life out in a cottage which i'm like because i was like where are her parents and i'm where like are disney. No, there, no are, no, there yeah. are no parent there's no parents it's disney no parents <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly that first 10 minutes, I'm sure like Bridget can agree like probably like the first time you watched it you're probably like man i could have watched a whole movie yeah i would have watched a whole animated yeah, yeah, it's really, I think, only about 10 minutes, but they cram in, like, all of this iconic imagery, like, the flowers and the trees and the birds and the, the dishes and just literally everything that you think of when you think of a Disney princess, they, like, squeezed it in there. Hmm. Um, and I really A wedding, that. everything. <laughs> Meeting the prince. And <laughs> they met a, a day earlier and now I can... Yeah, exactly. Isn't that how... In the, the words of, in the words of Elsa, you can't marry a man you just met. <laughs> tomorrow of course it's been a long time since i've seen it but i think they do plan on getting married literally the very next day yeah I, yeah i didn't need to see enchanted because i saw frozen and it became my favorite movie and it covers all <laughs> the same bases except for when she goes to the real world like the yeah i guess what a what a twist that would have been for frozen uh, <laughs> i would love that the rude awakening Anna gets later on in the film, you know, is tantamount to going from Andalasia to New York City. Well, that's they said that they actually like picked New York City, like for her to pop out in like Times Square intentionally because they wanted it to be like Snow White going through this spooky forest and like mm. just confused and scared out of her mind. They were like, that's yeah. what we wanted because like someone who is like, you know, from the woods and lives in a tree and is from like a kingdom. They're like, that would be like the ultimate chaos for someone like that. Um, and it was like, I, I mean, Giselle is still like one of my like goal cosplays, but I want to do the bride one because I want to flounce around in that ridiculous wedding dress with that huge hair. That is like my goal. <laughs> but she said it was a really heavy dress. It was like apparently very heavy and she would fall I over if she it. moved the wrong like, way she can hardly yeah through the um like the, the subway <laughs> yes it's hilarious i i had read a different interview about this one and they were saying that like actually shooting it in new york city in times square was really really difficult because like it's in the constantly changing evolving state like signs are changing stores are changing like the environment is literally constantly changing so it was like a lot harder than they had thought it would and then what they had said which i thought was pretty crazy was you know that scene that's how you know that they film in central park it's like a five minute mm -hmm. scene it's a song mm -hmm. yeah it took 17 days to film it because like the, the the weather was like constantly changing but not only that like patrick dempsey's fans were like always like disrupting screaming yeah, yeah <laughs> the filming process so like and not only that i mean i think it's like 300 dancers you yeah. know 
course. It was like 300 extras and 150 dancers is what I read. Yes, that's exactly what I was reading it right here. And I was like, I can't believe it's 17 days for a five minute scene. I mean, maybe that's just how movies work, but I was shocked. I don't, I don't think I have it in me to be an actor to do that over and over and over and over again. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I noted how at the end of that song, there is the applause break with the crowd. And I, I was like, yeah, that applause is probably genuine because they probably took, you know, weeks to, to do this. Oh, um, yeah. And that is it's funny how because, you know, not every character gets to bask in it. Uh, Patrick Dempsey, you know, Robert, he immediately is answering his cell, you know, a call comes in on his cell phone and. I, I've I've been in that scenario as an extra where like, you know, there's this incredible, you know, revelation happening on uh, on camera. And then the, another character has some other totally separate business that they're having to do. And just uh, it doesn't you know, it's that's just acting for you. You've got different <laughs> uh, characters off in their own separate worlds many times. <laughs> I love that. Sometimes I forget you had the opportunity to do that. This would have been such Mm -hmm. a, in my opinion, such a unique movie to be an extra in. Yeah. 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 But he was on the good place. So it was fine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Philip's the good place. Yeah. (laughs) So it's fine. You misenchanted because the good place. Uh (laughs) Yeah. And this is one that I think could have like been almost like brought to Broadway. You know how they take certain Disney movies and make them into Broadway shows? I think this one would have really done well with it. Just with the really elaborate costuming too. I'm guessing, especially like I think of, you know, the Prince, the Prince Edward, right? Mm-hmm. His costume to me, like you said, you really love to cosplay Giselle, but like even the man costumes and Patrick Dempsey's like slow dance ball oh, suit. Yes. There's- everything is just so detailed and beautiful and i don't know if they're trying to like mimic what would happen in like the cartoon world but it's just all of it would is so stage worthy do you know what i mean it's like over the top Mm -hmm. Mm. oh yeah when like all of her costumes are amazing and then she like honestly her most simple costume is the last one well not the last the one at the bowl is like the the most simple one because she yeah because she's like now she's a normal person yeah um but yeah because i was like i would wear some of her like like the one that she wears at the end that's like white with the pink flowers. I'd wear that normally. I, I would wear that. <laughs> and I think that one and probably throughout a lot of her costuming must have been based off of Disney princesses because like that purple looks just like Ariel's shells and it's kind of like a mermaidy dress and she has the red hair straight. I wouldn't be surprised to learn that the costumes were based off of existing princesses or inspired by. I imagine, Yeah. Well, even like the the style, because I mean that Giselle, the the dress she makes out of the curtains is kind of like, it reminds me of Bridgerton, which I know it didn't exist, but like that has to be based off of a princess of some kind. Mm-hmm. Mm. I, I, I'm guessing so. That uh, whole, yeah, that whole genre. Um, what's that producer's name who does Bridgerton and all those other shows? Sean, Shonda no. Rhimes. Well, she also does Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, okay. Shonda Rhimes does Grey's Anatomy. She did How to Get Away with Murder. Um, so the one with Carrie Washington. Scandal? Scandal. She's Scandal. Bridgerton. She's all of those. Because now she has a deal with Netflix oh. to make lots of money. Yeah, she... <laughs> and this, one, this one was in theaters, but Disenchanted was straight to streaming, right? I think uh, so. Dis- sure. 
yeah disenchanted straight to streaming um i was thinking of i think ryan murphy doesn't he do he has like a whole he does media... american horror story okay. he did the jeffrey dahmer show that i don't I, know what it's called i was thinking he did, he did bridgerton but no it's it's shonda rhimes who did bridgerton all right yeah oh she also did inventing uh anna anna yeah that's right that girl um i uh let's see do you this is credited to the director of a goofy movie as the director <laughs> and enchanted and um the sequel is a different director it's um adam shankman uh, who directed hairspray a bunch of other stuff um but yeah the I, i'm trying to find out more we didn't i didn't plan on doing a whole episode dedicated to the original enchanted <laughs> until uh, shortly before <laughs> yeah yeah we we have not all yet seen disenchanted i was gonna sort of roll you know any enchanted commentary into our our discussion of the sequel now out on disney plus it's a warm-up though because it yeah. is kind of a movie that if we had taken the time to really research it with the amount of Easter eggs that they have and all the little things that went into the the filming process, it could easily probably be like a hundred episodes just about this movie. It's worthy yeah. of of an entire episode. And I'm just trying to find out some of the development uh, of Enchanted, like who were the auteurs. Um, Bill Kelly is the writer. Only one writing credit here. Bill Kelly, he, he's not credited on a whole lot of things. You were saying something about uh, an audition uh, by Amy Adams for someone. Who, yeah, who so let me find to... his name. Let me I find think it was like Lima him. or something like Lima. that. Yeah, that's it's the, Lima. The director. That's who it is. Yeah. Yeah, because he actually. Um... Yeah, because originally he wasn't on it. He like came later because originally you earlier you said Shrek and they were actually kind of going for a Shrek theme. They wanted it to originally be more cynical. Um, But when he came on, he was like, well, like, let's like, you know, let's like make it like an homage. Like it can be satire and we can kind of pick it ourselves. But like, let's make it like a positive movie. Let's do it in a sweet way. Exactly. Yeah. And originally it like picks itself, but it's in like a a charming way yeah well because originally it was a apparently not going to be like super great for kids like they had like some scenes where giselle comes to new york and like joins a bachelorette party and oh. goes to a, a strip club <laughs> and like the guys get mad because she won't strip okay. and yeah oh and, like, and so he, yeah he came in and was like no let's not like let's keep this like family friendly <laughs> Okay. Let, I'm, I'm guessing this yeah this is lima who's <laughs> kind of doing the modern take or not the the, the more disney friendly take um on the on the script because this probably was a script that had just been sort of out there in the ether from writer bill kelly yeah who, yeah, only, so... yeah he, he it was his only other credits were um uh 1999 brendan fraser alicia silverstone movie called blast from the past and oh uh, yeah i remember that premonition yeah, remember that. <laughs> yeah with the sandra bullock premonition um and then he's credited just as care you know created by um characters created by bill you know kelly on on the new disenchanted i don't think he was involved otherwise yeah it says that he sold the initial draft of the script to disney back in september yeah. 1987 and that it was more like r-rated so when they brought Kevin Lima on, he was like, um, let no, no, 
Let's not do Selfishly, that. Selfishly, there is a part of me that would really probably yeah. enjoy it. not too much twistedness or anything, but as an adult, like let's say they had taken it a little further, like I I could see how that could be kind of fun. Like her going to a bachelorette party. Of course, keep it silly and light, but like I can see how they would have thought that that might have been the way to take it originally. I'm happy with how it turned out, but um, yeah, hocus pocus was the same way. Uh, that was just a script uh, that uh, the writer was David Kirshner, and he had shocked his script around to various studios in the 80s. And that was more uh, of a straight horror film. Um, so um, when it landed at Disney, it became, you know, just much more of the Disney aesthetic. <laughs> yeah, uh, like and fun then, and yeah. campy. And, yeah. Which, and that's what they kind of like. That's, I actually saw it when I was looking at stuff about it. A lot of people, like, you see it over and over again, but it's like a love letter to Disney. It's like, yeah, like we want, like, people who are fans of Disney will appreciate this movie because they like Disney. And like, we all know the tropes. It doesn't matter. We're here for the tropes. It's fine. Uh, so it's like, it was like, yeah, it was like a love letter. Like we're picking on it, but we love it. And that's why we made it. And I love an original story because why not? Exactly. I thought it was notable that there's an image of, you know, a prince wrestling a big green troll ogre creature to the ground early in the film. Um, I thought that was maybe not coincidental <laughs> that it was this this green ogre looking character uh disney kind of doing their own metaphorical takedown of shrek yeah and doesn't even have like <laughs> green boogers something yeah like something like that <laughs> he actually kind of reminds me of the troll from the first harry potter movie in the bathrooms like the bathroom yes just because he's yeah. kind of like, like a lankier weirder looking troll like creature mm-hmm yeah, no, the whole Shrek, you know, concept was all the rage at this point in cinema. Uh, this was only six years after the original Shrek and the sequels and were going strong. Many, yeah, I was going to say, look how many sequels Shrek has had. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like I think that there is one like in the making currently. I think that they're planning on having like another one. But did you see this new uh, DreamWorks logo, I guess, accompanying the film Puss in Boots? um i did okay. i actually did see that yes there was it a popped up on boots. my alexa yeah. it, it popped up on my alexa and i was like oh there's another one i i've not seen a trailer for this this is the second puss in boots movie uh theatrical movie i'm if i'm not mistaken but yeah it is a dreamworks film that's coming to theaters uh it is in christmas. theaters right now christmas. yeah i see the post says in theaters christmas oh it is in theaters now no yeah oh wait hold on hold on Okay, sorry. It showed me Showtimes. It's for December 21st. Sure. It immediately showed yeah. me Showtimes, though. Deceiving. <laughs> yeah. It's I know people have been roasting this new uh, DreamWorks logo <laughs> for just kind of being this blatant, like, shilling of their branding and the various, um, you know, franchise. You know, it's like, who cares about our overall vibe or overall, you know, aesthetic or kind of feeling that we're trying to convey it's just, it's just our characters it's our cynical you know you recognize these you know the ba boss baby you know there's toothless there's shrek yes. and fiona and donkey you know it's like and it's apparently modular too like they can swap out uh characters as they go you know if uh if they want to mix and match depending on the film 
You guys are driving me crazy because as you've been talking, I literally cannot find this thing. So mm. I guess you'll send it to me <laughs> after after this recording. Uh, what's that? The DreamWorks, you're trying to find a video of it? Yeah, I, I can't find it, but you guys can send it to me afterwards. But it's driving yeah, me crazy I want to know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, intro, DreamWorks intro 2022. Oh, All right. Well, and it's so crazy that like they didn't I don't feel like they did a lot of like I don't know um, promotion for that because I had no idea it was a thing until I saw it on my Alexa like yesterday I was like what is, yeah. what is that I was like because they did the interactive one during COVID I think on Netflix mm. because now, my, my yeah <laughs> now that I'm seeing the uh, trailer on IMDb here for the new Puss in Boots like I vaguely recall seeing something um you know, because this has a bit of an updated style to it. It's a little more cell shaded along the lines mm -hmm. of um, the bad guys um, featured also featured prominently in that new logo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I thought I do remember seeing something Puss and Boost related with this sort of updated visual style. Um, but other than that, yeah, I'll, I'll have to check it. I mean, I, I really enjoyed bad guys, so this might be worth, worth seeing. I like Antonio Banderas. I'll give it a shot. <laughs> but I think it is perhaps an inevitability that we'll get another theatrical entry from Shrek. Yeah, I do. I want to say I, I I'm going to look for it because I, I want to say, yeah. Okay. So they are talking about doing another one uh yeah. may 20th 2023 but it looks kind of like that style that the puss in boots trailer was in which i don't love because his eyes look crazy like i don't know if you can see this but like look at those oh. crazy eyes yeah oh. i don't love it i don't love that i don't love but it um, you know what they crazy they did a, they did a <laughs> style like a year ago with mickey mouse that i don't love either and maybe have you have you seen this, Bridget? The way they're like animating the new Mickey show? Sure. I have, yes. Oliver watches he likes that new one because he still loves Clubhouse, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. It's but the... that's not like they don't make that's new ones of those anymore. Kind of weird and kinda kinda creepy. I'm so much just more the classic. The runaway railway style. Yeah, it's yeah. not funny. Um well the Okay, yeah. The, sometimes for the thumbnails on streaming services, there'll be kind of like weird artwork that they they do to accompany these uh, these films that that I've never seen used in any other context. Like I I recently saw like this CGI render of Disney's Tarzan, and it was definitely for the Disney Tarzan because uh, it was the logo but it was this weird looking like if he were rendered in sort of a a lower quality a lower resolution you know version of you know the the modern disney cgi um style uh i i had no idea why he looked the way he did in this thumbnail image um why didn't they just use the you know the traditional 2d graphic yeah. but yeah i wonder if there is a reason for doing kind of like a re look of a no. character or like i think of... they do it they do it like every so often of yeah. course throughout the years like like they did it to scooby-doo scooby-doo has had a hundred different looks and i hate all of the new ones 
because of course I see it like on the TV because my kids watch these shows. And so I'm like, why do they look like this? And I guess it's just to like keep up with maybe with animation styles or maybe just mix it up a little bit to see like what sticks and what doesn't. Because like that Mickey Mouse runaway like railway show, it kind of reminds me of like the throwback Mickey, like original animated Mickey, um, but with like a twist, like a, I, a it's, new twist. Yeah, it's fine that they're mixing up the styles over time and, you know, Maybe when something is like so iconic, like Mickey Mouse or Scooby Doo, like they know that they can do those things and like the character remains. Like they don't have to be scared of like people being like, wait a minute, that's not Mickey. Like, yeah, yeah like you know who it is regardless, as long as it's a mouse with pants and gloves <laughs> and shoes. <laughs> or maybe it's like so they can sell more merch, to be honest, because they're like, oh, like that that's, too. that's the Mickey Mouse pajamas with like the the mickey mouse that i watch you know what i mean like sometimes i wonder that too yeah well yeah. and they yeah and they still have like the merch with like the mickey we grew up with or right. even like i mean there are still like mickey mouse clubhouse toys at walmart hmm. on top of all the other shows of mickey mouse it's the same thing with like paw patrol paw patrols never changed their animation but they have a hundred different paw patrol like strands there's mighty pups and all of these things and you have to buy the toys for all of them. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm most fascinated by is, is when these design changes come purely as a result of marketing. Um, and you'd see kind of like how the movie posters would evolve from the theatrical release you know, of the Renaissance Disney era to the um because all of those like classic film posters from the theatrical releases were were fairly minimalist kind of simplified and then you'd see the the vhs covers and those had a lot more going on and you know the characters weren't exactly as on model as they probably could be it, it was just it was a very different style for for those um items that were purely done you know, to, to market these products. <laughs> and there wasn't as much of an artistic intent, I, I would say, to these things. Um, so I'm, I'm interested in why, yeah. I do love seeing like the different versions of people um, drawing and redrawing Disney princesses. Like you can go, I guess like I just go into Pinterest, but there's like those people who draw like Elsa as if she's like an anime style or Elsa in like watercolor or if she was a modern day girl I really do like seeing that kind of thing it just does blow my mind when they take like a whole show <laughs> and, and recreate it like that so yeah. to, to bring it back to Enchanted I'm happy that it has all the classic because <laughs> I I'm a big <laughs> fan of that style yeah yeah the 2d you know that had been dormant for a couple of years uh, 2004 was the last feature uh length 2d animated film from disney animation home on the range um and then they put the kibosh on the 2d uh development and switched fully to cgi animation um but with you know the kind of notable exception of enchanted for these segments the animated kind of um tag tag the the buttons on both ends of the film um, and and I guess a a few moments throughout the film as well. You see the the queen pop up and stuff like that. But um, that definitely done in that traditional style, um, uh, augmented by you know caps. You know the computer 
aided uh, rendition of that style that you know gained um you know popular use in the 90s once computer technology had streamlined the the production process for 2d animation um but yeah that was um used effectively i thought i i think in this most recent uh rendition and i don't know uh it's a secret but we got a new tv and uh, I'm trying to we're trying to keep it a secret from my family members when they come for the holidays. I don't know if they'll be listening, <laughs> um, but uh, why are you keeping it a secret? That's uh, a, a surprise. Oh, 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 OK. Um, so you like got OK, OK, I got it. So the, the I was animated... like, why are we hiding this? Why are we hiding? I'm so like, yeah. <laughs> so I basically saw um, Disenchanted on a movie theater side screen and the animation, I don't know, it left some to be desired uh, for me. I and I saw the original Enchanted on our old TV, so I, you know, I don't know if, if there is, you know, a fair comparison to be made based on my recollection. Um, but I like the, the CGI yeah. is Enchanted, like when the witch turns into a dragon and she's scaling the tower. Yeah. I'm just I mean, talking about the traditional 2D hand-drawn uh, style because it is hand-drawn, but the the new one did seem maybe a little more, I don't know, Flash, you know, Cartoon Network style. Like it had a few elements that just made everything seem a bit disparate compared to kind of a little bit more organic way of integrating the elements that they tried to incorporate with um, uh, some of the more recent um films like like princess and the frog um winnie the pooh um it's it's clearly very clean very kind of computery uh but uh, it, there there is something still sort of organic feeling about it whereas i thought the scenes in disenchanted felt a little artificial to me oh. yeah when we talk about that i can't wait to like dig my claws into disenchanted because like i i <laughs> Way. Uh, one question I do have about Enchanted that I always sort of ask myself is um, when they have costumes that are in the animation and then also in real life, for example, Giselle's like wedding dress, she wears it as she's a cartoon and she also wears it as a real person. I always wonder, like, did they have the dress designed first and then animate like the movement of the dress and the, and the style of the dress after or did the seamstress make the dress after the drawing do you know what i mean <laughs> i would think mm. i you would think that they'd have the costumes first before they made the drawings but it could be the other way around and they were just like make it <laughs> make it work <laughs> they both originated as concept art but yeah oh i was gonna i was gonna say philip will know and philip knew well yeah you continue with what you're gonna say no i was <laughs> I was gonna say, I think Philip would know. And oh, oh. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm I'm guessing they're maybe working off of the same character images um, from from the development phase, uh, but that's just kind of speculation. I I don't know. There wasn't a ton of animation, of course, in Enchanted, so uh, it it probably wasn't a super time consuming uh, part of the process. So they could probably do both. Um, you know simultaneously kind of I, I i don't imagine the there was a need to start the animation you know much earlier than than live action photography on this did so. you find it 
Enchanted had like a long cooking period from the time that they like thought this movie up till now. You know, sometimes you hear about movies where they've like thrown around a concept for literally decades and then they they decide to finally like take the jump with it. Well, was it you or Bridget who mentioned 97 is when they bought the script? Yeah, that's when they got the script from Bill Kelly. And when Kevin Lima came on, they had already been working on it for nine years when he came on to direct it. That's so. yeah. Well, that's a ten-year uh, development, yeah. or you know, from their acquisition of the IP to release, uh, ninety-seven to two thousand seven. Um, I'm happy so, they yeah. waited because otherwise, like the little CGI, like Pip Squirrel and like the <laughs> and stuff, like they wouldn't look as realistic had they done it back in the nineties. <laughs> yeah, it was, we are glad we wait. They waited. Yeah. yeah, it did look good for 2007. I thought, like the the Pip character, he um, it was, it was pretty funny. convincing. Yeah, I don't usually like like non talking. Like I don't usually like like characters like that. Sorry, my dog's about to start barking. I can just feel it. Um, <laughs> but I like Pip a lot as a little like sidekick guy. Usually, I don't find those bits funny, but for some reason, it really works well in this one. And I also like, um, I think his name is Nathaniel. Is he the guy who's trying to... Yes. Oh, right. Yes. Would you like a caramel apple? (laughs) He's so gross. He's from other things, too, right? He was in Harry Potter. He's Peter Pettigrew. Yeah, he's been... He plays a bad guy well. I love him. He's great. Like, and he's very... his, His... All of them, the whole cast, they're very, like, animated performers in general because even like amy adams when she was a long time ago she was in the office like she was a love mm-hmm. it. So it's really really young but even back then as a non-disney princess she's just an animated human like i'm sure that meeting her in real life her mannerisms do kind of mimic on that end of it i'm sure we've all met people like that that their eyes just shine a little brighter and their movements are just like a little more cartoony you know yeah like yeah you you are you are a disney princess <laughs> uh, well, about this where like little kids kind of look at you like one second longer do you ever feel like they know that potential oh. princesses like they're like wait a minute like this adult is something special so when it's funny when i did um i went to augusta con as sailor ariel and you would be surprised how many kids came up to me and they were like, oh my gosh, Ariel, you're here. You're a sailor. And I was like, yes, I am. I'm a sailor scout. So I had to like turn it on and off real quick. I'd be like, oh, yes, yes, yes. I came all the way from my kingdom because I wanted to dress up like a sailor scout. And it was so <laughs> funny. They like, they, they just saw me from across the room. They'd be like, Ariel. And I'm like, because there was a, like a few adults who were like, are you a sailor scout? And I was like, well, I'm Ariel as a sailor. I'm sailor Ariel. And they were like, oh, that's cute. Mm. And I'm like, thanks. I was like, I could honestly, I was like trying to find, I, I saw like some pins that someone had made of different Disney princesses as scouts. And I was like, all right, that's what I'm doing. That's my next, that's my next one. And so that's what I did. But yeah, it, it's always really fun when the kids are like, the kids are so excited. Like everybody wants to believe, everyone wants to believe in in a princess or something like that. And I love that Giselle is like an adult who embraces that all, even in the sequel, like she wants to have her happily ever after and everything, um, even though she's a, becomes kind of, well, we'll talk about that once you Yeah, but she gets older. She becomes a mom. I, I can, I, I can probably see where that's going. 
I, I could see. <laughs> yeah, she, um, you know, it was nice having um, not Paige O'Hara, the other one. Uh, Jody Benson. <laughs> Jody Benson. Yeah, as a, a you know, a, a significant character in in this film, because I, I think Giselle's like the primary influence on on Giselle is is definitely Ariel. She's the, the red hair that makes you think that. <laughs> well, uh, and she was just such the prototype for the modern interpretation of the Disney princess. Um, you know, they there is a a fun little Easter egg um, call out to like the original three Disney princesses: Snow, Snow White, Cinderella, and um, Sleeping Beauty. Um, the newscaster's name, I don't know if you caught this, uh, her name is Mary Eileen Casalotti. She kind of pronounced it like Casaletti, but it, it, it's a it's a reference to the actresses uh, Adriana Casalotti, uh, Eileen Woods, and Mary Costa, who play um, Snow White, Cinderella, and um, Princess Aurora. Oh, I, love I didn't know that. that. No, I didn't. I didn't catch that because I, I there is like a nod to Ariel um, when she has her statue made of bugs of huh. the prince yeah. in her when she's like, oh, my this is this is my prince. This is going to come. Then that's a nod to the Little Mermaid because of her prince Eric statue that she. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and also I, Ariel does kind of get the biggest amount of criticism in the of the modern era <laughs> because of some of the she's a child superficial <laughs> yeah child and she kind of like throws literally like her life a temper tantrum to like get a prince like he's a yeah. human era mermaid and i mean yeah giselle is very much the same way um it's so like, extreme optimistic but like in the same breath very like naive and impulsive Mm -hmm. I mean that yeah Ariel's like you need to let yeah. me make my own decisions I'm 15 and I'm like no no ma'am go Just to your room the, the <laughs> utter abandonment of rationale but in some ways that probably makes it just even more real and relatable <laughs> like, oh yeah surprisingly so for a Disney movie uh, just that she would you know kind of throw her life away with utter abandon in order to accomplish this one thing I don't know. It, I it makes sense to me for the the narrative and like I Howard Ashman was a genius. I think like he knew that this was something that would resonate with with audiences and clearly did. And I think oh, yeah. it was really, like sweet that when Edward returns to find her and to save her, and when she asks him to like go on a date. Do you know what I mean? She's like, well, I don't remember the exact dialogue, but I, I think that's like her big kind of like coming to moment where she's like, oh, true love is is more than this kind mm. of. But it's great that they have him end up with Adina Menzel because you want everyone to have their happily ever after. And who Adina Menzel is a as an animated character. She's she's gorgeous in real life, but she makes a gorgeous 2d animated character as well like i remember seeing her when she f goes back to and analasia and i was like oh my gosh this is like too 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 perfect I, I, they they really were uh, the artists the animators were i think at the top of their game still i'm it was only three years removed from the home on the range so like they still had some top talent that they could call on for this because because yeah like giselle she is 
capital H hot. I'm just going to say. Yeah, <laughs> she's, she's so cute. She has like the pink yeah. dress with like the sleeves, like Jasmine kind of falling down. She's so innocent yeah. and so cute. She yeah. is hot. Um, well, I think that they did such a good job in like animating her as a cartoon that when she becomes Amy Adam, like when she becomes the human form, I'm like, yeah, that that checks out. That is the same person. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and even like the queen, uh, Susan Sarandon, who I love, um, she looked great. I was like that, like they basically like looked at these people and did like an exact drawing of them each time. Yeah, there was, you know, the whole evolution of um Giselle which is you know fun to see for a character who's just you know that such a pastiche as I mentioned but she she becomes you know much more I don't know corrupted by the world uh no but you know less she gets to get yeah. the taste of realism yeah yeah she she loses some of her naivete but that's good gains some street smarts and uh but I love the moment like she's she and um Robert having an argument and she, you know, discovers that she's feeling anger. This is basically yeah. the first time in I'm her life. Angry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's like, oh, that's one of my favorite scenes. But she like loves it. She's like, oh my gosh. Like, I it's discovered like a new, yeah. Like, it's like she was in therapy and she's like, oh my gosh, that this is what they were saying. Like, this is it. And yeah, she, she's like, I've never oh. been angry before. <laughs> Just giddy. I love it. And I know because he's like, okay, you're neurotic. And she's like, no, I'm angry. It's great. <laughs> it's, it's so good for kids, I think, to see movies like this too. Because for sure, like, you always wonder, like, what would it be like if I lived, like, in this make-believe world? And, da, 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 da. and to see someone go from that make-believe world into our world and love it and find passion in it and and dreams. I, at the end, I believe she opens up her own, like, fashion line. Yeah. So she can and make so her own clothes. Yeah. And that, that's great for kids to see. I mean... I would say this movie's for this movie's for everyone. <laughs> but it, it is e for everyone. <laughs> I think it is PG though, just because some of the things aren't they like? I think it's well, PG they do try to kill her a lot, so I would not be surprised if it's if it's PG. And they something. Yes, I think they kiss. They kiss. Yes, I don't know. yes, they do. Yes. No, it's uh, probably there's some you know more adult themes with uh, and even in New York's so, like you can hardly show New York in a movie without having some kind of <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, That's probably I mean, why it took them so long to film like those scenes because they had to wait for certain trucks and billboards to get out of the way. Yeah. I mean, uh, she even has her money taken by an old lady at one point, so <laughs> she even kind of gets robbed. Because she's like, oh, I gave I gave the money to this nice woman. She told me where my prince is. And he's like, no, 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 get your money. Out on this, well, yeah, because she she gets um, and of course, Robert discovers, discovers her standing on this billboard. She climbs up. this. Yes. It's for a casino, I think. And and of course, he assumes when he brings her down and she's just acting very schizophrenic, you know, she's. That that she's this hooker that's out on the streets <laughs> in this dress. Uh, and he's like, and clearly that, she's know, on drugs. Yeah, she's crazy. Uh <laughs> exactly. She's out of her, you know, right uh, you know, she she needs to just sleep sleep it off. <laughs> and uh I mean I that was very sweet, just his generosity in that moment. And I mean, he was about to kick her out, but was charmed. I mean, beauty uh you know, <laughs> a little annoyed. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, but he, he was kind of smitten. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because he said that, like, right? Well, mm-hmm. he said that he like filming this movie. He said it was so weird because he was like he had to be the normal person in this cast of over exaggerated like cartoon people. And he was like, "Yeah, it was really hard." I was like, "Man, I need to go back to Grey's Anatomy because like <laughs> I'm struggling to act like a normal person." Which, so James Marsden, you know, when Edward gets hit by, he's singing, he jumps down to sing and he gets hit by the guy on the bike. Mm. You know, that really happened. Oh, yeah. He was like, I want, he was like, he said that they like, they wanted that to happen and they were trying to do it in a way that like, they don't actually hit him. And he was like, no, for it to be like true and honest, just, just smack the crap out of me. But he did say that like, there was a mat that he fell on, but, and he said, and the costume was so big that it was kind of like padding, but yeah, yeah, it was like, he was like, yeah, just take me out. Take me That's out. Probably, he was like, it fits. Being hit by the bike is probably easier than acting like you were hit by a bike because yeah. you'd be you'd be expecting it and your body would just like tense up. So he's probably like, honestly, if yeah, just like you said, if we want this to be real, like you're gonna have to hit me. I love <laughs> like you hear about scenes that like happen either like organically or naturally or like had to like physically happen for it to be filmed. I don't yeah. know if you guys ever watched Wolf of Wall Street, but there's oh, like shit. a. Mm-hmm. With Leonardo DiCaprio and Matthew McConaughey, and he's like beating his chest. <laughs> it's and something he actually does. It's something he does for every movie to get into it, to feel the vibe, to get into character. And they're like, we're going to keep that. And that's why I guess Leonardo DiCaprio looks off camera because he's like, am I supposed <laughs> to like just go with it? Like, are we filming here? Yeah. So he went with it and then it made the final cut. And I'm sure that stuff like that must sneak into movies all the time without us knowing because how how would the viewer know it just it just looks like really good acting have you guys have you guys seen pretty woman yes so you know when he has the necklace and he like slaps it down and almost gets her fingers and she like laughs crazy that was that was also an improvised thing and they kept it because they loved her reaction yeah I was like, I love, I do love stuff like that. Cause I'm like, man, you guys are awesome. This is why they pay you the big bucks. Exactly. You guys are like, this is why you guys are rich and famous and I am not, you know? I, yeah. I forgot. Yeah. Well, I forgot to put pretty woman down on my notes. Cause I was going to this, this is like, is sort of a, a, a quasi remake of pretty woman in a way. I was. Yeah. Gonna, it's like, yeah. yeah, it's basically, she was the opposite of Julia Roberts character. <laughs> he, he makes her into a real girl instead of uh, yeah. making a real girl into a princess <laughs> yeah brings you know, in um in pretty woman yeah richard gear brings julia roberts kind of up from the streets and in, in this world uh you know dempsey kind of brings brings her down from cloud nine a little bit brings her back down to earth so it yeah brings her to the streets <laughs> he's just so. like a practical man who had a practical girlfriend and a practical lawyer life and he wanted to bring that into it hmm. well okay there's a great moment in being john malkovich where uh an extra or just, i think just a drunk passersby passerby throws a can at John Malkovich on set. Uh, uh, it, it must have been an extra, someone who was actually there for filming, but and it stayed in the movie. So that's another example of like a just improvisation that really worked. And uh, in I, I remember hearing recently, I think in one of the Spider-Man sequels, the Sam Raimi films, it might have been the first one, but students walking by Peter as he's bending down to pick up 
you know, books and papers that have fallen because he's taken a major spill, you know, being awkward, you know, being the awkward dude that he is. But love, people are supposed to be like going by, hitting him with in the head with their bags and stuff. But no one would ever get the right amount of impact. So it took the director, Sam Raimi, to to walk by and, and really just lay one into it <laughs> to, to get the intended effect. But yeah. Uh, similar uh, to uh, whatever we were. Oh yeah, the the Jason uh, James Marsden story. Yeah, getting smacked by a bike. It's easy to theater. get Jason <laughs> and James Marsden confused. It um, is. Jason was the voice of Max in the director Kevin Lima's one of his previous outings. <laughs> so it's kind of ironic. <laughs> I feel like this whole cast must have had a really great time working together. Like especially well. I guess we could talk about this when we talk about the next one, but, and then they get like the opportunity to come back together and work together like 20 years, 15 years later. I mean, mm. because being an actor, I mean, you work on a project and then you, you leave the project and you don't get to see anyone. Pro I mean, you probably see them at award shows or whatever, but it had to be, like you don't see them again. <laughs> yeah. Like not, in it's not like a show. Um, I know that disenchanted, a lot of it was filmed in Ireland, but I'm guessing this one was filmed in New York. I imagine New York, and if not in New York the whole time, maybe like some in New York, some in California. Mm -hmm. But I imagine they do it yeah. all in New York since that's like the main base. Significant, that's yeah. That's fun. That was fun to see, and especially that like the set piece in the park. Um, I would have definitely been filmed. You know, a lot of that uh, footage would have been. Oh in New York. no, it was all in New York. Okay, the all whole of movie was in New York for the first one. I didn't look at the second one yet. That's yeah. Spoil it for yourself. Yeah, I know. One, I've been trying yeah. to avoid it because I desperately want to watch it, but you know, my life be crazy sometimes. So <laughs> this, time of year, this time of year is wild. And it's so I, chaotic. I would love to go. I the song So Close is one of sorry, skipping back. I'm skipping back yes. in. Yes. Thinking about some of my favorite scenes from Enchanted. And I think that is my favorite scene. And that is a song I wanted to play at my wedding, but then I really yes. deleted Same. it. And it's mm -hmm. sad because at the end, it's like, how am I going to face all these days without you when I lose you? Because we were so close to having Happily Ever After. And but we it never didn't get it. Yeah. Exactly. But that is one of that song. I think it's so pretty. It's beautiful. It's so pretty. Because I, I, too, wanted it in my wedding. And I was like, it's kind of like, do you guys know the song Unsteady? Mm, maybe. Can you sing it for us? Uh, it's like, hold, hold on to me. Cause oh, I'm yeah, a little yeah. unsteady. Okay. It's about divorce. Oh, but Godfrey and I loved that song. And I was like, oh, we should play it at our wedding. And then we listened to the words and I was like, this song is about divorce. We cannot. So it was not at our wedding. That's... So it was kind of like so close. We also didn't have it at our wedding. <laughs> Maybe that's a good omen though. Play infidelity songs at your wedding so that you're then you stay breaking together. up. It's like knocking on wood or saying break a leg. You know, Yeah, break a leg. Show. Yeah, because yeah, Idina Menz, she used to be a wedding singer, and one of the, her most requested songs was "Saving All My Love." This is a Whitney Houston song, right? Which is about it's, cheating. Yes, yes, yes. No other man's gonna do because I'm saving all my love for you while you're yeah. with your wife, which is weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like such a great song, but I'm like, yeah, that's not what it means. Not what it means. Fun stuff. <laughs> Um, the whole soundtrack is great and it it is the same songwriter and um lyricist in the in the second one which is nice too 
Oh, good. I, I like that. I like, I hope that I haven't heard it. It's like continuity. I hope there's like good continuity. Cause I love when the songs are the, like, not the same, but similar. Cause I loved the first movie songs. I'm like, really I excited to hear what listen you to them now. Second. Yeah. I, I I'm excited. We're, we're on the same board about the first one. So I'm wondering if we're going to be on board about the second one. Yeah. I, so. I, I've got, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah. A whole kind of, uh, I, I don't know, array of feelings, I guess on, on the second one, but I, I'm trying to think, um, Oh, okay. Um, the the musical uh, side of things with you know Mencken, you know, longtime Disney contributor, you know, did the music for both Enchanted, and I believe it was partnered with Schwartz as well, Stephen Schwartz. So Alan Mencken, you know, very famous, but Stephen Schwartz, like he, he did Wicked and Pippin. he did Wicked, yeah. He did a mm-hmm. lot of Broadway shows. Um, I think P- Pippin, I just said, but um. <laughs> Pocahontas, the Hunchback of Notre Dame, the Prince mm-hmm. of Egypt. These are just such incredible, rich um, scores. Uh, and, and I mean, so Schwartz, he, and he doesn't just do, I mean, doesn't just do, but like <laughs> he he does the whole tamale, right? Like composing maybe some lyric, because I know Mencken, he's known for composing the uh, the music itself, the, the melodies, right? But um so I, I just don't know really where that breakdown is between the two of them. You know, who did who did what uh, for this? Um, do you, uh, no. It says that he's a lyricist, so I imagine he was writing. Yeah, yeah, okay, yep. Yeah, and on his Wikipedia, it says you know he's a lyricist and composer. But I'm just trying mm-hmm. to think of or trying to look up Wicked and see who. Um, who was responsible for the music, the, you know, the musical composition. Um, yeah. Well, that's what I was looking at. It was like Stephen Schwartz lyricist for both Enchanted and the sequel uh, worked with composer Alan Menken to, and they've also worked together for Menken's Westchester country studio. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, I also love wicked man. Those songs, all those songs live in my head rent free. I mean, so. rock song, <laughs> like that, that's what I love about a lot of his stuff especially schwartz they feel like rock song you know hellfire mm-hmm. from hunchback um you know colors of the wind just around the river like there's just so much energy in these songs um and i, I think that's something that's almost kind of unique to schwartz compared with some of the other disney composers um, oh, so, so I, I just kind of want to shout him out for that yeah well it's funny so i was looking him up and he was saying that uh defying gravity is the reason mm-hmm. why Wicked has to be two movies. He was like, it has to be two movies. Don't make Wicked one movie, two movies. Because okay. Defying Gravity. Because, you know, Act One closes with Defying Gravity. Sure. And then she has, like, her twist, where she becomes a bad witch. <laughs> I hate that they make it into two movies. Like, I really don't. I hate I it, but... Titanic can be in theaters as one movie. <laughs> it's just, here's the thing, like, people's attention spans have gone down, and I just feel like Hollywood greed has gone up, and it's like... Someone can sit through the musical in New York. They can sit through it at the movie theater. Like, don't do this to me. Like, I cannot I, wait. I, I think I it's say, Avatar, like, taking 30 years to make the sequel. I just get annoyed. <laughs> only 25 more years and you'll get another one. No. <laughs> it's like Hocus Pocus. Like, why'd you do that to us? 30 years? Come on. Um, when I, I don't mind if they split a movie into two if it's for the sake of the story. Don't do it as a cash grab. If you're just making this three movies for the heck of it, like, please don't. 
Like if it's like Harry Potter, the last movie being two made sense. There's so much story. Cause honestly, some of the Harry Potter like movies did not have all of the information they could have had based on if you've read the books. And so I liked that they did the last one in two parts, but if they would have done each one in two parts, I would have been like, all right, that's too much. Exactly. Like, <laughs> but yeah, like, like, that's I feel it. like they could, they could tell the whole story of Wicked. It's always, yeah, it's always either feast and famine, though, with this problem, because either, you know, you don't get enough of the exhibition from the book out in the film, as with most of the Harry Potter, you know, film adaptations, they're a bit sparse compared to the the books, Uh, or you go full Peter Jackson with The Hobbit and, you know, (laughs) get everything. (laughs) It's just you're overloaded with information. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and. That's kind of like, I mean, I know like streaming is like killing the movie industry. It feels like sometimes, um, at least in theaters, I do like series about certain books and things because they have, you know, you have eight hours, eight individual hours to tell a whole story. Whereas if it was, you know, like I watched um, Amy Adams was in it. Uh, one of Jillian Flynn's um, books, they did a series. Oh, which... No, no, no. no. Um, it was sharp objects oh yep Mm -hmm. yes so i read all of jillian flynn's books before they were ever movies and i was so excited because they've all been adapted into things but like gone girl i think they did a good job Mm. like that could that was a two-hour movie that they did a good job with that but like sharp objects there are so many moving parts that i feel like if they would have tried to shove that whole book into a two-hour movie it would have been missing so much stuff yeah whereas recommend it? the series you can get it all yeah oh all three yeah. of those books they're all twisted if you like twisted thriller type things yes i would read the books and i honestly i'd want like gone girl i liked sharp objects i liked there's one other that's called i think it's called dark spaces that Charlize theron did a movie about i haven't watched that one yet i haven't watched that adaptation um maybe so- get the Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go. Yeah, you go. I was just going to say, like, all of my performers are getting RSV right now. So, like, maybe you'll get sick and then you can watch all your favorite movies and all the movies (laughs) watch. Oh, no, my kid had the flu in October and I thought uh, it was it was it was fun. I didn't get sick. We could live in the animated world. have to deal with any of this stuff so so i want to bring up susan sarandon because uh i don't know any of any big susan sarandon fans here i love her Um, i just love her because like she's amazing look at her i've never seen i've never seen um thelma and louise uh i know that's kind of her it's a good one it has um what's her face in it gina davis gina davis yeah yes um but then she was also a witch in in witches of eastwick so she this isn't the first oh, time she's played a witch yeah, well, i remember her from that mm. show oh go ahead go ahead oh no, I, I, was gonna uh, say, I don't have seen really any of these okay you haven't seen these Mm-mm. oh girl you gotta get on it you gotta watch it, <laughs> watch it which, yeah <laughs> witches of eastwick also has Cher and uh michelle pfeiffer and uh, um Veronica. What is Cartwright? his name? Oh, Jack. Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. He's the devil. Yeah. In the movie. They don't call I don't know that they call him the devil. He has a name, but he's basically the devil. I mentioned during our um Hocus Pocus 2 episode, um, just you know, sometimes an actress will well, inevitably, uh, a major actress will play a witch at some point in her career. 
sometimes it comes later. Sometimes it's earlier, you know, like Emma Watson right out the gate, you know? Yeah. Uh, she's like, I'm going to come right out to do it right away. You know, sometimes it's like, you know, when, when the younger generation comes in, then you'll have a member of kind of the old guard stand in for as like the, um, well, and we'll get more into this dynamic in the in sequel, you know, Disenchanted. It's all about this. But, um, you know, the, the envious, vain, uh, older, uh, you know, femme fatale character who's, uh, you know, out to get the, you know, the young blood. Um, and I think I mentioned Michelle Pfeiffer. She was in that um, movie Stardust, Stardust as a witch. Um, and it does the same thing as Hocus Pocus, where the witches start out really old looking and then they do magic to restore their youth. But um, she yeah, that wasn't the first time she had played kind of a evil, you know, hag witch. Uh, she's a, she is also a witch in, in Witches of Eastwick, apparently. I don't know if that character ever appears as like a decrepit old hag at any point because I've never seen it. But um, uh, I don't I don't think so. They're like yeah. young. They're like young and beautiful. Um yeah. Well, Anne Hathaway. Didn't Anne Hathaway do the reboot of that that movie? She, she that I was can't in, think of the name. I don't know, but she was in, of course, the uh, Alice in Wonderland movies. Oh, I guess she was also a witch in that. She was the good white witch. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot. Well, no. She, was so she there was the movie with the rats. What is that movie called? They She's just the witches. The oh, witches. She was the grand course. high witch. Of course. She was yes. She was the main witch. That's and she was an ugly witch. At one point, she so. was, uh, yeah, she was Ella <laughs> Enchanted, of course. But oh, yeah, yeah those, those witches in the new Roald Dahl witches movie are, are freaky. Mm -hmm. That that story has always yes, well, because it was originally, yeah, Angelica Houston, I think, did the first one. All right. Yeah, because yeah. she was, you know, um, the Adams family. Yeah, she um, was the mom. What's her? What's what, well, Morticia? Yeah. Morticia. I'm like, I don't know, man. These names are not coming to me tonight. So. No, I, I was a little, yeah, I, I feel like my energy is almost picking up now, like an hour and a half in for some reason. Yeah, but, then but... it's a good time for me to tell you that Julie Andrews is like the little narrator, which you yeah. guys call. Yeah. But we were throwing out all these people and I couldn't, I, I'm not recognizing the Susan one, which I probably should, but I definitely recognize Julie Andrews. <laughs> Did, did you ever watch Designing Women? I'm pretty sure Susan Sarandon was in that too. It was from the 90s and they were all business women who lived together. No, <laughs> I mean, watched it I lot. love all these recommendations, <laughs> but I haven't seen any of these. You, you mentioned oh, well, Charlize Sarah, and mm -hmm. she was the witch in um, The, the Huntsman. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, honestly, she's been a lot of bad guys, bad, <laughs> bad people in movies. She like, she's like, this is what I'm going for. This is my, my villain era. Which she said that that was actually something um, I saw an interview with her where she was saying that like once you hit a certain age in Hollywood, they just want you to be like a mom or like yeah. a, an old an old hag. And she was yeah. like, no. And that's like why a lot of them, a lot of actresses have started like their own their own production companies like Reese Witherspoon, because she's like, there's more to women past the age of 30 than just kids and getting old and dying yeah like i mean i can't say much but uh <laughs> if you haven't seen the morning show on apple tv it's great um that's reese witherspoon uh, jennifer aniston so they're actually running a promotion right now that you can get three months free of apple tv so i might do that i might do that so i can watch things that i keep getting recommended to me <laughs> that's on there <laughs> anya anya taylor joy she's in a new menu called or a new menu called movie a new movie called menu <laughs> Uh, she's a voice oh, in yeah. something too. Uh, 
I, I'm blanking. Uh, it's with the guy from Warm Bodies that I can't ever remember his name either. Um, but anyway, oh she, oh yeah, she plays Prince. She's going to play Princess Peach in the Mario Brothers yes. movie. Uh, but mm -hmm. she plays a younger version of Charlie Theron in the next Mad Max movie. So I'm excited for that. Furiosa. Uh -huh. I didn't know that they were uh -huh. coming out with another one. But she famously played a witch in the movie The Witch. Mm -hmm. uh, do you know that she turned down a Disney role to take the really? bitch? Mm. Mm -hmm. She apparently got offered a Disney role and the role in The Witch at the same time. And she like was like, uh, I'll go with The Witch. And like, honestly, I was like, that was probably your best move. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she, she probably would have been great in Disney too. But I think that that was like more her speed. I love her look. But yeah, I agree. I think that she has really thrived since taking that role. So she probably, <laughs> I mean, she would have thrived one or the other, but it is a very different path i think if you choose disney princess well and she's 26 so that was seven years ago so she was only like 19 and the princess she was portraying was probably 13 <laughs> yeah it's like how old are you 27 okay you can be 15 yeah you <laughs> you're almost aged out i, I, mean, I have hey, I, a... can't, I can't say anything i still do princesses <laughs> I have a shirt. For, uh, I don't know if you've ever been on T Public, but like they do kind of a lot of knockoff like uh, logos and 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 uh, pop culture references in, in the form of graphic T-shirt designs. But I have one based on uh, the witch, which is Black Phillip. It says uh, yeah. "Live, live delicious." I probably showed it to you guys, but uh, no, I have not seen this. I oh. want to see this. It's on, it's do, do you want you me to, to show me. pause and grab it? But or or yes, else, uh, let's okay, see it. here let, I'm going to grab it. it here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I want to see the shirt because I loved that movie. I really did too. And I'm not even, I'm not a scary movie person, but I'm very much like the slow burn. Like, yes. And that one just hit. Did you ever see, I think, is she in Last Night in Soho? Yes. I yeah. have not seen that though. Was that, that a good movie? I really liked it. Not everyone really liked it, but it's worth considering. And it's a horror movie? See, yeah. I have to, I have to yeah. watch them all by myself because Godfrey's a baby and he's afraid of movies. So Ryan, I watch them alone. <laughs> Ryan is afraid too, but I, I think that, I think it's more of like a thriller than a horror movie. Wait, I can't see it. Okay. Yeah, you got to bring it back. She can see it. It's yeah, done in sort of the oh, Disney Merry Melodies. You pull it up. I love it. <laughs> I love that. No, that, I like that. That's fun. Yeah. Well, no, and yeah, like I watched The Vavitch by myself. Um, I watched, uh, gosh, what was that one with the one where the lady cuts her head off with a piano string? Oh, I love it. Um, the yeah, the, I watched uh, Hereditary. Yeah, Hereditary. I watched that yeah. by myself. I watch everything by myself because Godfrey does not do. He he has like his anxiety. He's like, no, mm -mm, no, mm, no, hate it, cringe, hate it. I'm I'm leaving, and I'm like, come on, yeah. it's fine. Like I don't really like jumpy stuff. I. Like it's fine, I'll watch it, but I don't think it's very good scary movie material. I think it's just like a cheap, a cheap get. Um, I'm like very, but like I love like a spooky. Yeah, yes. like, I, I I like a slow burn, and like there can be some drama at the end. I I had texted Philip that I recently watched um Dracula, the one from like the 1990s, yeah. and that's the first like gory horror movie where I'm like, yes, yes, Bram Stoker's Dracula. This is everything. <laughs> yes, I was. I've and I've watched the second time since I made Ryan watch yeah. it. He's like, "Why do you like this?" I was like, <laughs> "What?" And then he realized that one of the actors goes on to play Sirius Black. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Gary, Gary Oldman has been in absolutely everything, and I did not realize then was, it. Then he was until I was an adult. 
then he was ready to watch it. So, well, he was in Hannibal Lecter. Mm-hmm. I think he was in Silence mm-hmm. of the Lambs. He was the guy with the gross face. Uh, he's Batman. He was in Harry Potter. He's been. He was in The Fifth Element. He's been an absolute. Oh, yeah. I, I love these movies that bring together <laughs> all the icons, like yeah. Enchanted. Yeah, yeah, he was one of the victims of Hannibal Lecter. That's right. He was yeah. totally unrecognizable. <laughs> yeah, Winona Ryder and Keanu Reeves technically got married in that movie. So <laughs> <laughs> they um, like they say that apparently, like I guess the thing that they yeah. did in the movie is actually like how they get married in that culture. And so it was like they're technically married. Oh yeah, in in Dragon. We're we're gonna do that next year. I I told Joey we're that's yes. booked for next Halloween. The Francis. Request. I have yeah. that. I have that book. Yeah, Francis Coppola. Yeah, because I want to say that I want to say Nicolas Cage like wanted to be in that movie and then was like, eh, maybe not because we're related. Um, but oh yeah, I love Dracula. <laughs> maybe not. Um, but yeah, I love all, I love the thriller, fun horror movies. That's why I'm always like, yeah, you want to do something that's not animation? I like anim- I like things that aren't animation. <laughs> this movie was the perfect mix of a little bit. It was. Not much. Yeah, just a, a smidge, and, and stuff that's just very striking visually. Uh, we'll totally cover on the show. You know, if we if it piques our interest, like uh, Jody, you know, we did uh, The Shining. Uh, I think it was what last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and that was a good. I've choice. been reading uh, Doctor Sleep, which had a had a, a show, but I don't think or a movie that didn't do very well. But I've it's been reading great. the sequel to The Shining. Yeah, I've been reading it. It's pretty good. I, I uh, recently rewatched the sh- uh, Doctor Sleep. Yeah, was it good? Did you like it? Oh yeah, okay. director's cut okay. too. I recommend that. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I I saw the reviews, but I'm I'm still reading it. I'm like halfway through it. Um, and so I but I did see that some people like didn't love it, and some people said it was really good. They wished mm-hmm. that they because they I think that they wanted to like keep going with it, but apparently it didn't get very good like reviews, and so they kind of left it. They're like, yeah, you probably won't get any more sequels. And I'm like, oh, boring. <laughs> so, uh, Rebecca Ferguson plays kind of a witch in that movie. Uh, she was God in Dune. Um, what are the characters' names? Yeah, I don't the know mother, what they are. Uh, yeah, the mother, the mother nun looking chicks yeah. with the powers. Yeah. <laughs> Which I mean, Rebecca Ferguson's been in a ton of stuff too. I wouldn't be surprised if she's played a witch somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, both in Dune and Doctor Sleep, those are like semi witch characters. Yeah, the villains oh, in Doc- she, Doctor Sleep. Is she the villain? The the hat Rose the hat. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, you know what? I can see that. I can see that because I I have gotten to the part where that I'm at those people, and they're yeah. not good. They're not Atre- good. Atreides, Paul Atreides, <laughs> he's the main character, and then yeah, his his mother. What's Paul's mother's name? Jody, remember. Uh, like Cheryl it's some really boring name Jessica Jessica that's right <laughs> I shouldn't say that one of my very best friends name is Jessica <laughs> Jessica I uh, hope you're listening it's <laughs> just very it's it's weirdly normal sounding for a sci-fi film yes it, uh, that's the thing that really blew me away with Dune is like I I would have to reread parts of it because I couldn't keep track of the planets and the mm-hmm. warriors and whatever and then like the dad's like Nick and the mom's Jessica I was like wait a minute yeah <laughs> it's like Paul Jessica Duncan Mm-hmm. well his name was leto the dad's name was leto apparently okay um and then everyone else has weird names like chani and whatnot but yeah i watched the first one and i was a little bummed that i was like i have to wait for another one huh. it's one of those movies that i don't need to just give me the whole thing in one <laughs> so yeah enchanted like this is great because it's sort of a, a cornerstone film for 
I know the, kind of the thought cast vibe. Um, one of our first episodes was ranking the Disney princesses. Um, so uh, certainly um, we we didn't include Giselle, although she would have been welcome within the discussion. I just hadn't seen the film at the time. So uh, I, I didn't include her in my ranking, certainly. So um, you're saying we need to do an, another one? Update. Yeah, a new updated well, ranking with all we, our new people. <laughs> we new teased a, a, <laughs> yeah, we teased a ranking which was the hottest. <laughs> in, in, okay, in so that Giselle's order. gonna be number one on yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I I don't know. Uh, of course, uh, that gets dicey when you start ranking the ones that are like 15 years old. Yeah, <laughs> true. I think Moana, you Moana throwing... though, she, she's she's got those uh, chili Moana's peppers. Moana's cute. Yeah, isn't uh, she like 20 she's like 14 i think oh no, no yeah yeah moana's like a teenager yeah i don't okay. know that i mean i guess giselle's probably the oldest one there we go giselle it is yeah hard to say um, well there's also um megara El elsa yeah elsa's she's probably older 21 i thought isn't she in frozen and well, i Anna's... think she's like 18 in the beginning because it's her coordination but now she it's been a few years, though. So she's like in her early 20s. I thought Anna was 18 throughout the main action of the film. And Elsa's maybe 21. I, I, I think that might be the age. That they, what age do you get I coordinated? I, I'd have to double check. But I as far it's just I have always been under the impression that uh, Anna is uh, legal as of <laughs> the, the main the <laughs> body of that film. You're like, I need to know. How old are you? <laughs> I uh, Anna really is the master of the come hither face, the, the Disney, you know, like um Nala face. Uh I have a screen <laughs> grab. Uh, I don't have my phone on me right now. I don't know where. Oh wait. Oh, I have no idea it? where my phone. Uh, uh okay, so you get appointed at 18. So yeah, I think Elsa was 18 in the first film. Is there Okay, the coronation, yeah, that's the same day as, you know, or this, it takes place, you know, same um, day, basically, as the rest of the film. Mm -hmm. um, but Yeah, it's once you hit 18 is when you can be coordinated to become the person. Okay. So I imagine that they would, as soon as she turned 18, they're like here because the parents had been dead for a hot minute. So spoilers, my phone. I guess if people Weird. haven't seen it. <laughs> Uh, no it's gone that's weird uh because that, that doesn't sound right i a uh princess anna age uh, this queen anna to you no <laughs> no this is um to all of us she was 18 years of age during the original film and 21 in frozen 2 wow um, okay i like so that. i wonder why they waited until elsa was 21 to coronate her yeah i don't know Maybe um, they coordinated her because her parents. I don't know. They died when they were teenagers, so. Hmm. Um, it's all. I guess it just depends on the kingdom. They said we make up our own rules. We do what we want. This is our. <laughs> this is our made up world. Okay. <laughs> they get, they become queen when they become queen. Well, <laughs> I love that you keep disappearing because your I'm, phone I'm, is gone. This <laughs> yeah, makes like, no sense. Focus the focus of waning, waning. But yeah, no, I. <laughs> Sorry. We're, That's okay. We're... We talk about focus waning when we talk about disenchanted consummate uh, professionals on it. I yeah. <laughs> I, 
I the, the, I got kind of emotional during Disenchanted, but I, I know what you mean. And David, don't don't spoil. I'm not going to spoil. Oh, am I going to cry? Ready to cry? Oh. Prepared? No, but Alex doesn't want us talking about it till she can be here to hear about it. So. Yeah. Um. Same. Yeah. Same. No spoilers. And I <laughs> I don't know if we have really dug into all of it in i mean we we kind of have a light touch on this show sometimes when it comes to these films it's like we get i it's fun just delving into all the various tangents that you can go down to i'm i have no opposition Talk about to the music the actresses the actors, yeah. the animation the costumes i mean her arc as a character it's you know she starts off as this pretty superficial image of a Disney princess, which isn't even accurate to, um, you know, how Disney typically portrays their princesses. I, you know, I, I was going to mention like, there's this, do you guys know Malcolm Gladwell? He's a popular author. Um, he does a podcast, just kind of uh pop is, uh, yeah, popular writer, but so sort of an intellectual bent to his stuff um he writes for the the new yorker which is kind of a high flute <laughs> magazine where <laughs> you know sort of a uh you know 12th grade reading level you know but uh you know popular books like um outliers you know 10,000 hours to become an expert at something um the uh tipping points like at what point does something become like a viral phenomenon or david versus goliath how do how does uh an underdog overcome the you know its op- opposition uh, to become just a, a totally dominant um entity but um he does the podcast called um revisionist history he, he likes to examine things that are kind of overlooked in um on on misunderstood throughout history and various um disciplines uh and then he did one episode or i think he did a series like a a mini series of three episodes if i'm not mistaken on the film the little mermaid and it was it was a pretty kind of i I would say it it was not a generous take on the film like he (laughs) he was uh (laughs) It, it was yeah, kind of the most superficial analysis of Ariel being this, you know, a very unfair depiction of a teenage girl and how naive she was. Just makes women look bad. It's very anti-feminist type of thing. Um, you know, c- certainly things that um, have been examined, you know, time countless times by various, um, you know, commentators, YouTube, and even I don't know, like Ashman himself, like he's obviously clearly not an anti-progressive dude <laughs> so uh, you know you, you got to read more into these than just purely the most basic summer summations of of these premises um and and you guys know that ariel is is much more fleshed out character and that film is, is has a lot more going on than just you know what you can really summarize in a, in a couple paragraphs well, it's funny that that's like his take because has he ever met a 15 year old girl? <laughs> I probably not. Like, he, he doesn't have any kids. Because <laughs> no. I mean, I, I will say, having been a 15 year old girl myself at one point, I probably would have been like, I'll throw it all away for him. I love him. Yeah. Oh Looking back, I was like, oh, good God. <laughs> like, it's so, I'm so glad you didn't marry anybody that you thought you loved back then. 
Because, yeah. oh my gosh, <laughs> like the yeah. decisions I made at 15 is completely different from the ones I make at 31, for sure. So I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Like there is some like truth to Ariel and like, you know, she's a sheltered mer person who knows nothing. And she's just like, I want to be loved and have adventure. And I'm like, I feel like that's like pretty true to a 15 year old girl. She wants to be loved and cool. And yeah. Fun stuff. Yeah. I and mean, they make a lot of bad choices because hormones. So <laughs> and not right. knowing a whole lot. You don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Prefrontal cortex just isn't not done until you're like 20 something. So I, I love Malcolm Gladwell. I definitely recommend listening to the audiobook version of Talking to Strangers. I think this is his most recent like major publication. I think he did one more recently. It was a little more niche about like the fire bombings of Tokyo. But like as far as his big totemic, you know, analyses of of American and broader global culture, like this book that he wrote called Talking to Strangers is incredible. Um, you know, discussing like the d- divides that exist within um, American culture specifically, you know, he addresses like the, the Black Lives Matter movement and things like that, police violence. Um, if I just, I want to get the the whole title of that book uh, just so I not um, misconstruing it. Talking to Strangers, What We Should Know About the People We Don't Know by Malcolm Gladwell. Um, so it's, it's great. It's got uh, a lot of added features. If you listen to the audiobook version, um, and then his podcast is revisionist history, but yeah, it was, it was this particular, uh, take of his that, that I found <laughs> the least convincing, certainly <laughs> is his like, takedown no. of, <laughs> and then he, <laughs> You're like, I do not agree. <laughs> he, uh, got a bunch of people to like rewrite the little mermaid and, and hired celebrities to perform voiceovers. And it's just abysmal. <laughs> so definitely recommend checking I'm out. I'm really curious about this project now. Cause he clearly <laughs> spent a lot of time and energy. Pulling oh it all together. yeah. You got to listen to it. You, you should listen to it and report back. Um, but yeah, revisionist okay. history, the little mermaid. And I think there's like three episodes all about it. Um, and then, yeah, they do a reenactment <laughs> in the final one. Ariel's just this. Yeah, Ariel's this Giga Chad who, you know, doesn't need no prince. He just takes down Ursula and, you know, <laughs> in no problem, you know, I don't know. A lot of crazy alter- alteration or um, diversions from <laughs> the original material. Ugh. Hmm. I wonder what he'll think about the new Little Mermaid. <laughs> he'll I'm be not- like, no, nope, she's not a strong, independent woman enough. I'm sorry. It, no, it, it it checks all the right boxes, but it's just total trash because it's it's just a hacky piece of corporate art by committee, like a lot of these um, Disney live action reinterpretations. It's all just trying to fill all the various uh, mandates for you know what you need to put into a modern blockbuster, and none of it's coming from anything you know authentic in terms of like the the creative inspiration. <laughs> Yeah, I I mean, you know how I feel about the live action movies, so. Yeah. I hope that they don't mess it up too much. Mm. (laughs) Every time I see new music, I'm like, "Mm, what? Why? Like, like Beauty and the Beast. I love Beauty and the Beast. Belle's my favorite princess ever. And I watched the new one, and I liked it, but I didn't need the new songs. I don't care. I don't care about the new songs. They were not good enough to me, but... I think Lin-Manuel Miranda is helping write the new songs for The Little Mermaid. So I'll give it a chance because I like I like him. So I'll give it a chance. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I uh, I think there's a chance. Like, yeah, it, it is. I honestly, frankly, bizarre how fresh a lot of the Disney films feel because of just them being a massive corporation, and um, you know their films often poking fun at the the Disney brand. Um, you know, I, you really have to allow that if you're going to appeal to modern audiences. Like you have to have those postmodern sensibilities, and not, um, and not, <laughs> and not just constantly think that. Not to use too vulgar a euphemism, but that <laughs> that that, that, <laughs> that your excrement doesn't stink, so to speak. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Yeah, keep keep it PG. Keep it PG. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Any yeah, other I mean, thoughts? Yeah. 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 No, I, I'm excited to watch the disenchanted. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited for you to watch it and for us to like reconvene on it and kind of compare yeah. the where we want to and just sort of see what we like about mm. and what we didn't like about the next one. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I mean that's kind of how I felt about Hocus Pocus. Like I have more hope in the this disenchanted just because. With, especially with the having a lot of the same people and stuff. And it's not like so far gone in time in like terms of time that it's going to be like a huge jump and everything's different. Um, so I'm hoping that I'm like, I, I think I'm going to like it based on just what I've heard and little bits that well, I've seen. I know for yeah. sure like the costumes. So there's always something to love. Yes. I am saying if the music is still good, I'm sure it is written by the same people. So I imagine the, the music's good. I'm like, I, I, I'm, I'm about it. Which so Scarlett finally, my daughter finally watched. The first Enchanted had no idea, had never watched it. Apparently, I think she has watched it and she just doesn't remember. But she's like, she knows the songs because I listen to them. And then she knows like some of the weird stuff that happens, like the caramel apple, because that's, <laughs> I say that. I'm like, oh, do you want do you want a caramel apple? And she's like, okay, but <laughs> weird. Um, but now she gets it. So I'm going to make her watch it with me, which I think she liked. She liked Enchanted. So I think that she'll get a kick out of the new one. Yeah. Uh... More Idina Menzel talk in the next one too. I mean, it makes sense that she has a bigger role. She'll sing. Well, because she's she's not Andalasiafied yet in this film. So once she goes there, then she becomes this operatic singer. When when she yeah. returns, to... <laughs> she gets different. Well, it's funny. Like Scarlett did not realize that Idina Menzel is Elsa, and I was mm. like, "That's Elsa." And then she was like, "Elsa doesn't look like her." And I'm like, "Uh." It's not, not like Enchanted. They're not supposed to look like her. <laughs> These are different people. Yeah, <laughs> like they're they're different. Elsa Elsa's something different <laughs> than I do to myself. Uh, but yeah, she's like that's the same person. Yes, like, you you do not talk bad about the Queen of Dinamizel. We love her, and, which is funny because we listen to Wicked. Yeah, and I'm oh, sure she yeah. has no clue that Elphaba from Wicked is also a Dinamizel. I'm like she's everywhere. Yeah, in every song you listen to. <laughs> Yeah, I guess uh, getting back briefly to animation, um, you know the the dragon uh, sequence at the end. I, that, you know, to me, kind of one of the weaker parts of the film because it, it, the dragon looked okay, but it's like very tame because it's I don't a know, purple. She sparkly big eyes she, she grabs yeah she, grab, <laughs> she grabs robert and she just climbs to the top of this building and it's like what's she gonna she could just like chuck him and he could you know die and it'd be tragic and you know end of that problem but no she no she has like, to become the prince 
the prince in shining armor who saves the damsel in distress. Yeah, well, yeah, Giselle has her her, her moment, which is cool. Uh, you know, just this miraculous throw of the sword to save uh, Robert as he's falling. Um, but like, yeah, the I don't know, kind of a Deus Ex Machina as to why you know this <laughs> dragon monster is able to be defeated as easily as she is. Um, so I don't know if there's much explanation that can be done to kind of rec- I don't know ex- rectify that issue. <laughs> other than it's like the heroes have to win in the end well yeah it, they have to it's a disney movie mm-hmm. and so they have to <laughs> that, that's why not the memo philip <laughs> uh, i guess so, yeah, nice so homage to king kong but yeah continue yeah well apparently that um so that whole like sequence with the dragon apparently was like one of the harder um scenes to film for amy adams because she's like yeah i'm like wet hanging off of a sword and i'm you know fighting against something that's not really there so she said it was actually like she said it was fun but it was like really really hard she was like because because they still want her to like look like she is still the princess so they're like oh yeah make it look more graceful and she's like i'm wet on a roof fighting a fake dragon what do you want <laughs> and i mean how often do you film a scene like that even if you're an experienced actor that's such a unique situation for a character to be in yeah so, yeah i mean they like that- picture it you're wet on a roof fighting a dragon with a sword and you're hanging at the same time what, what <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> i mean what was the ultimate like explanation for why the dragon was it pip did he do something i can't remember well, no, it that clearly it's because it's because he brought her back so she gives her the apple because yeah. she doesn't want her to come back because her whole like her whole thing is that she's going to go back with edward get married yeah. and then the queen's out of there um so she gives her the apple at the ball and she's out and then Edward kisses her and she's like, oh no, she's going to wake up and she doesn't. But then Robert does and she wakes up and I guess she just gets angry. I don't know. I honestly yeah. don't really know. Cause I'm like, okay, well she'll probably stay then if Robert's her true love. But I think it's because Giselle is like, oh, I'm going to still leave with Edward. Like, I guess maybe she thinks that he's, she's still going to come back. And so she's like, no, everyone has to die now. <laughs> why why didn't she just kill the you know obviously because it's a disney yeah. movie but like you know was there some kind of justification as to to how she gets um what's the word i'm uh smote or you know how she how she gets uh you know thwarted ultimately susan queen narissa is her name yeah yeah and that, that's what i assume it's like she just like okay she didn't die so she's gonna come back and be the queen and so she's like no it's very, I mean, honestly, obviously, it is very much from Snow White because she gives her an apple to kill her. Vanquished. Uh, <laughs> that's the term. I yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I guess it's just she's like, no one's going to be queen because I am the best. And so she's like, I'll just kill everyone. Why she takes Robert, though? Not sure. I guess so, you know, yeah, Giselle you... can be the hero. I mean, talk so about she, I guess to show how she's grown. <laughs> that's probably why. Like, we have yeah. to show she's grown from this, like, naive damsel in distress to saving the man that she loves who's real yeah no i mean it's great that giselle gets her heroic term but the fact that susan's you know narissa she doesn't even kill one person uh, you know on her way out i mean talk about a failed plan turning into this (laughs) big dragon and you don't even have you know there's not one single victim (laughs) no the only person that the only person that got even kind of messed up was the guy who got the caramel apple to the helmet yeah. He was the only one. <laughs> it started like burning his head or something. 
Well, that was another thing. They said that the pizza scene with Pip and the guy, oh, Nathaniel, man. that that was actually supposed to be longer, but they ended up having to like cut it down for time. I don't love that scene. I feel like I don't. Yeah, love that. it was supposed to be more. There was supposed to be like more to it, and they were like, ah, like they. It was supposed to be more fun. Um, but they had, and they wanted to kind of give the second act like a comedic lift, but like budget and schedule forced them to change it. So they had to shorten it. That's why so, it's not that fun. <laughs> yeah. Overall, I mean, a very yeah, fun, schmaltzy kind of saccharine movie that isn't totally my cup of tea, but I, I, I get the quality of it. Yeah. You made it through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you did it. We're proud of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how you know. <laughs> It's kind of like we did Wind of the Wild. How many times can you say it? <laughs> yeah, none of the songs have stuck with me. I mean, they felt more just like libretto, you know, just the the music that's singing the expedition and not really these, you know, big um, set pieces to me. Like they didn't stand out in that way. I was going to say, I think it's because you've been spoiled. Very you've been spoiled yes. by Frozen because yeah. some of the songs like still live in my head. A million years later, like that's how you know, or like you know the cleaning song, those songs both in my head. Yeah, ah, I could do it. I could do it. I know the whole song. Uh, <laughs> right, right. But yeah, well, that so apparently Amy Adams also did uh, singing lessons, very intense singing lessons for two months so that she could sing all of the songs because she did not want to be dubbed over in the movie. <laughs> she was like, nice. I'm gonna sing these songs. Because they were well, still doing those... that at the time. They were still yeah. casting doubles. Yeah. Shame well, and me. like some of those notes are pretty high. So I'm like, good for her. Because if she mm-hmm. if she wasn't, I mean, I imagine she could already naturally sing. But if she wasn't trained to do that, she did a good job. You think all actors. For someone who learned how to do it in two months. Yeah. Yeah, you think all <laughs> actors would just like be constantly taking like vocal lessons or singing lessons. But I guess maybe not. Or maybe these ones are just much more intense. Yeah, most actors yeah. they can sing, you know, more or less because they're performers, they're professionals. Like they, they know how to please a crowd. But when it comes to, I guess, singing for a project, it it's a bit of a different story. Singing in a musical. <laughs> yeah, um, you want to get someone who's absolutely solid. Well, that's kind of how I felt about Emma Watson and Beauty and the Beast, which I love. Emma Watson, I love Hermione. She's, yeah. she's my fave. But I like some of her songs were auto-tuned and I hated that because I could pick it out. I was like, mm, mm, mm. I was like, they could have gotten someone who could sing. I love Emma Watson and I know why they went with her. But I'm like, you could have got someone who sang to be the main character who sings. Well, okay, was um, <laughs> James Marsden doing his own vocals? Uh, I believe I so. That. Yeah. I believe, I want to say yes because he sounded exactly the way he talks. Um. Like his doesn't change very much, but I don't know that he's a singer. Oh no, he does. Apparently he does sing. He does sing in his free time. I don't know. Well, cool. I would want to do my own vocals. Yeah. I wouldn't want them to replace me, (laughs) but that was. Oh, he was in Hairspray. I forgot. He sang in Hairspray. He was in the movie. Okay. Oh, okay. He was um, the show host in the 2007 one. Right. Very good. I forgot about that. Yeah, I don't know if there's any recent examples where they've had to get a vocal double for a, an actor. Yeah, that's it's not very common now. Just yeah, and he was Corny Collins. That's who he was. Um, but 
Yeah, I think the last time, at least that we've seen it like in Disney terms is like Pocahontas and like Mulan. Mulan, Mulan. had a different singing person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Le- Lea Salonga, I think, right? The same mm-hmm. singer as Jasmine. Yep. Um, and, uh, yeah, but I really think that's it. Yeah. I know Danny Elfman was really upset when they got uh, another actor to do the speaking voice of Jack Skellington for Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, I didn't know that either. Dan- yeah, Danny Elfman, you know, wrote all the music and sung the mm-hmm. the vocals for Jack, but they got um, Prince Humperdinck to do the dialogue. <laughs> from- you have to watch the movies that made us on Netflix. They That's actually funny. do The Nightmare Before Christmas, and they talk about all that. Yeah. Okay, I, I post a pic to our group chat if you're able to pull that up. Well, I think her. Was it Hercules that had a different singing person as well? Susan like the, Egan. No, she she did. No, no, no. Never. I'm talking about Hercules, oh, oh. The, the character. Yeah, I, I think that they I had a different so. singer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that okay. I see the look you're talking about with Anna. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure the Hercules who sang versus who talked in the Hercules movie was not the same. No, Susan Egan. She Susan Egan. Right. Yeah. She yeah. did her own stuff. She sounds she, anytime I hear her in another movie, because um, we watched Porco Rosso mm, and she yes. is a voice in that. Her voice is the same anywhere. Anything that she does. I'm always like, there, there she is. I know who she is all because she did Meg. Yeah. She's so badass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just I hear her voice and it, it's kind of like Michael Keaton. Like, have you guys seen the thing going around um, of Barbie and Ken from Toy Story where you hear something else? Oh. So they, oh. They're, they're, yeah, it's O Barbie, and but yep. some people here heard O F word, <laughs> and so it's like you have to listen to it. But it's Michael Keaton, so I'm like listening to it, and I was like, was Michael Keaton Ken? He was. Yeah, yeah. He just has one of those voices. I will always be able to pick out him and Susan Egan, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, but I think he does say O Barbie because he is Toy Story. But if you do listen to it in a certain way, it does sound like it. I could hear. I could hear where people were getting it. He like pauses when he says it. He's like, oh, Barbie. And like when he says it, though, it's if you listen a certain way, it does sound like it. And I was like, huh, interesting. It's like the Laurel Yanni thing that happened like a year or two ago. Sure. Uh, Roger Bart was young Hercules, the the singing voice. Uh, Tate Donovan was the main voice of Hercules. And... uh, Let's see. This young Josh Keaton was the speaking voice of young Hercules. Um, still yet to find if um, adult Hercules had a voice double. Maybe that was Roger Bart as well. I'm seeing at least three actors so far who played Hercules in the 1997 film. Yeah, but that's it. Seems like a bit much. <laughs> Yeah, it seems like a lot to like. You could you could have just got someone who sang. <laughs> yeah, do, there, do there's plenty of them out there. <laughs> have to get separate actors for you know the, you know, the uh, you know fourteen year old Hercules versus the eighteen year old Hercules, or however that uh, age difference breaks down. But anyways, yeah, sorry. So, to... <laughs> no, you're good. Roger Bart did uh, the singing and go the distance. Yeah, apparently, did... yeah. What, 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 yeah, I, what... re- I like looked it up, and apparently, he went on to be Hades when Public Theater did an adaptation of the animated okay. movie. Oh, cool! 
Yeah. He got to get the best of both worlds, just like Hannah Montana. <laughs> yeah, how many songs even how many songs include Hercules as a, a singer in that film? That he's he maybe only does the one song. Uh yeah, that's what I'm I'm looking at the tracks. Yeah. Yeah, Go the Distance is him. He does the reprise. Um, and then it's Danny DeVito. Yeah, I don't I don't know if the Tate Donovan Hercules even is a part of any musical numbers later on in the film. Yeah. It's, a, it's a very weird. No, that seems like the only one. Yeah, yeah. The only one. It's such a weird film to begin with, but just the, uh, uh, the but it's, so, it's so good, man. It's like yeah. the weirdest like musical that kind of doesn't feel like a musical, but it is. Uh-huh. I mean, even it's Frozen like has a you know it goes for a long stretch without any music. It goes from was that. Let it go. Then uh, uh, reindeer. So the yeah. 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 Basically between uh, in summer and uh, fixer upper, there's just a whole big stretch where there's not much. Well, there's the reprise of um, mm-hmm. when they're know, in the castle. Yeah. First time in forever. First time in forever. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I was trying to think. Yeah. I was like, I don't know that there's a big break, though, because she does let it go. Then they. I guess, well, I guess when they're getting, like, chased through the forest with the wolves and you have, like, the whole cottage mm-hmm. store. Yeah, I guess that's probably, like, the most yeah, of a break. It's, just, it's very... And then the end of the movie. It's very front-loaded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is fine. Give me all the music and then give me all the action. Maybe yep. one more song. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. All right. Um, well, thank you both, uh, Bridget and Jody. Uh, thanks for uh, joining us again. You know, Jody, uh, it's been too long, but uh, we'll hopefully see more of you in the near future. Yeah, sure. This year was kicking my butt, but it's wrapping up. <laughs> Actually, it's speeding up, but it's slowing down. But I, 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 I love this one, and this one was kind of in the old memory bank. So it was, it was just kind of fun to revisit it a little oh, bit. Oh yeah, on this chilly sixty degree night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, brisk sixty degrees. <laughs> Great to see you. And uh, any uh, social media that you want to plug, Jody? I feel like I'm literally not on social media right now, so sure. don't look for me and don't find me. But like soon, when I'm in my renaissance, yeah, I will tell you where to find me. <laughs> Totally. Bridget. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Bridget5246. That's Bridge with a T 5246. Thank you for listening to the Thodcast Conversations about Animation. Uh, find us Thodcast.com, streaming all over the place, wherever you find your podcasts. Um at Thodcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can, my, you can find me at Philip Elke on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, a little sleepy this episode, but uh, it was a good one. So thank you both. And I uh, look forward to talking about more Enchanted uh, very soon. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's the last day of Disney Vember as we're recording this. And we didn't even get into the, the corporate uh, shenanigans <laughs> going on, but uh, oh, maybe yeah. touch on that in the next <laughs> show. Uh, stay tuned for more Thoughtcast. Uh, any final things to sign off from either of you two? Warm hugs. All right, perfect. Uh, and... I, I promise to watch it. Uh... Yeah, yeah, get on that. No, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, you all out there, have a magical day. Have a wonderful week. And of course, warm hugs. Warm hugs.